Welcome to Alabama Care, everybody. My name is Sarah Williams, and today I have Tracy, um, and we are going to be talking about some new uh, resources for uh, the Alabama Lifespan Respite. Um, Tracy, if you could introduce yourself. Hi, Sarah. I am Tracy Sinowitz, and I'm the Sustainability Director with uh, Alabama Lifespan Respite. Um, let's see. Okay. So the first question that everybody gets asked when they move to Alabama or visit Alabama is, who's your team? So Auburn or Alabama? <laughs> Roll time. <laughs> mm -hmm. My last broadcast was that way, too. I, I graduated yeah. <laughs> from Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated from today, so I have to say go Lions, too. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just graduated from Auburn. <laughs> Um, let's see. Okay, um, can you tell us a little bit about Alabama Lifespan Respite and what your title is? Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about my title first and it may help uh, explain kind of what we do here at Alabama Lifespan Respite. Um, but well, respite first is a short break. And um, if you are the full-time unpaid caregiver of an individual with a chronic illness or disability that requires full-time care and you are that person who is primarily responsible for that care uh, you know you are who we serve you are our audience and respite is for you we know that you need a break from that caregiving journey sometimes just to rest rejuvenate uh, and be the best caregiver that you can be so here at Alabama Lifespan Respite, we provide a variety of resources to help support caregivers statewide in that journey. And as a sustainability director, um, so we are primarily grant funded and we're grant funded by uh, the Administration on Community Living and their Administration on Aging Federal Lifespan Respite Grant. And uh, that has some grant oversight from the state through our, uh, with our partners at the Alabama Department of Senior Services. We also receive a state appropriation that's administered by the Alabama Department of Rehab Services. Um, so that's primarily how we get our funding to do all the things we do at Alabama Lifespan Respite. We also manage, manage what's called personal choice option respite um, with the Alabama Department of Mental Health and all 13 Alabama CARES programs statewide. So I manage these grants and the contracts and I look for new funding opportunities, I research caregiving trends, I collect feedback from the caregivers that we serve, and I help to create new services and initiatives to better serve all caregivers statewide. So that's a little bit about what that's, I do, but as a <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. And I love it. I do. I, I, I love it. Um, what we do here at Alabama Lifespan Respite, we are primarily known for giving those respite breaks that I had mentioned earlier, being able to you know, give the full-time caregiver a little bit of relief. And the way we do that is through respite reimbursement. We do not send respite providers into the home. We don't contract agencies who provide respite or anything. We do personal choice option respite. And what that means is as a caregiver, you can choose 
anyone you trust to stay with your loved one while you take a break. It can be another family member. It can be a neighbor. It can be someone from church or a friend. Uh, just anyone you trust to stay with your loved one while you go take your break. And when you take your break, you can do anything you need to do. You can go to your doctor's appointments. You can get your hair done. You can go to church. You can go to a movie. You can go sit in your room and read a book. Whatever it is you need to do to, to rest. And um, so when you identify that person that you trust to stay with your loved one while you take that break, then you would negotiate a rate of pay with them and pay them out of pocket. And what we do is we issue you um, a voucher, basically, and it says you have this much money to spend on respite that we'll reimburse you for. So for instance, it might say from January 1st through March 31st, you have $400. So any rest that you take during that time, you'd record on that timesheet, pay your respite provider out of pocket, sign that timesheet, send it into us, and then we send you a check and reimburse you for that amount. So that's how we provide respite services. So when you hear me talk about our universal respite or respite reimbursement, that's, that's how we help provide a break. And that's probably what we're best known for and uh, like I said, we do contract with DMH and uh, Alabama Cares to administer their personal choice option respite funds in the same manner. So you might be one of their clients, but we actually get a check from us. <laughs> and that's why we help gotcha. manage the funds in that way. So uh, we do that. And then we also offer a ton of free online caregiver education and on-site. We're getting back to on-site, thank goodness. <laughs> so we're very happy to be back out in communities and uh, seeing everyone's smiling faces and uh, getting to hug necks and shake hands again. We're really excited to be back out in the communities. Um, but we have about 70 different uh, topics in our library right now that we can provide caregiver education on. And it's everything about, you know, from um, caregiver stress, um, managing caregiving uh, circles with other family members, how to find support, where to find resources, um, just a variety of different topics. Grief, um, you know, just anticipatory grief. There's a, a lot of different things that, you know, we try to touch on that affect caregivers and kind of guide them through those those journeys and those experiences. So, um, with that, with our caregiver education, um, anyone who attends our caregiver education opportunities uh, is eligible um, for a caregiver stipend. And that stipend can be used to pay for respite while they're attending these education events or other opportunities. So that's um, some of our... Did I lose you, Sarah? I'm still here. There you are. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's something that we offer as well. And um, then uh, besides our caregiver education, um, we do, we have a lot of respite resources available. So our respite resources, if you are new to the caregiving journey or you have been in it for the long haul, but you have a question, you know, where can I get specific help? Uh, for this problem that I'm having or, you know, who does this? Uh, we have a ton of resources for caregivers that we can share. So, um, you know, if you're like, where's a support group in my area or where is there um, a community respite program, you know, give us a call and we can absolutely help 
um, you know, get you connected with the correct respite resource or caregiver resource in our state. Um, we uh, do have a statewide calendar of events, and it's not just our events. It's um, all caregiving and respite-related events that are offered statewide and even nationally, online and in person. We do have a monthly newsletter that goes out, so we encourage y'all to go on to alabamarespite.org and sign up for that if you'd like to stay uh, informed about all of these opportunities and um, everything that we do here. And we also offer uh, technical assistance for community respite programs when they are starting up or trying to expand into communities. So we just recently awarded uh, three different um, grants to um, respite, community respite providers statewide. And uh, we're really excited about that. Two of them were brand new uh, initiatives and one was established, but they're starting something new within their own program and expanded into summer camps for uh, particularly with uh, for young adults and children uh, on the autism spectrum. So um, there's some exciting opportunities and things going on with respite around the state. And we're very proud to be able to help facilitate the startup and expansion of those. Um, we also offer state and local advocacy, and we primarily do that through our Alabama Lifespan Respite Coalition, which is a governor-appointed coalition here in Alabama, and we serve as the staffing entity. So a lot of different agencies come together, help identify caregiver um, needs, and then address those needs. What can we do as a state to um, help get more funding, help get more resources. How can we best take care of the, you know, millions of caregivers statewide? And I wish I had a good number on that. We just don't, <laughs> but we're estimating yeah. somewhere about one and a half million caregivers statewide. A lot of people don't identify as a uh -huh. caregiver. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's hard yeah. to really get a good number on it. But um, there's a lot of caregivers out there and we just all come together and try to support them as best we can. So that's some of the things that we do and we have a few new initiatives too we're going to talk about today but primarily those are the ways that we support our caregivers here statewide. Awesome. Okay um let's see. Okay this is one of my new favorite questions that I came up with because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to hear people's like stories. So what led you to work for Alabama Lifespan Respite? Okay, sure. So um, as I said, or I may, I'm not sure if I said it, but usually I start off by saying that Alabama Lifespan Respite is a statewide program of UCP Huntsville. And uh, I started working for UCP Huntsville about 15 years ago. And I started out in fundraising and moved on to work in assistive technology and um, website, PR, grant writing, just uh, wore a lot of different hats. That's the beauty of working at a nonprofit is you get to learn a lot, wear a lot of different hats. Um, the Alabama Lifespan Respite Program started here at UCP Huntsville in the year 2000. So uh, it was already in existence and, and going strong when I started working here. Uh, and through the years, uh, I have um, you know, found myself and my family members have found themselves to be caregivers at one time or another. So I certainly started to understand more about the need for respite and uh, identify with the mission of the program. And then four years ago, the opportunity became available for me to uh, transition out of 
program development here at UCB Hensel and into the director's role for Alabama Waste Respite. And um, it was a um, opportunity that I was very glad to uh, take on. And um, I'm glad to say we have grown the program exponentially in that amount of time. And I've learned so much more than I ever could have imagined about caregiving and about respite. And I have so much more to learn. So it's a great um, program that was started by a wonderful organization. And I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Okay, we've already talked like a little bit about this, but the new resources being offered. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm specifically interested in the caregiver mental health counseling. Yes, yes. Because that's so, a big one that yes, I've noticed. Yes. And pre-pandemic, we had already identified uh, additional mental health supports for caregivers as a need. Like I said, we, we collect a lot of that information and data through surveys from the caregivers that we serve, especially in those rural areas. Um, you know, we were trying to figure out how, how do we get those supports? We're not the mental health experts, but we know that our caregivers have expressed the need for some mental health support. So how do we do that? How do we get it to them? And to be quite honest, pre-pandemic, we had always what we now know is wrongly assumed that the caregivers we served, especially those in rural areas, might not have the technology available or the interest to uh, be able to access things online. Um, and so when the pandemic happened, we uh, transitioned all of, you know, like everybody else, we transitioned pretty much everything online. And what we saw was a huge jump in attendance and participation in our caregiver education. So that's where one of those things where we were wrong. We, we were assuming, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't participate in online activities and they did. Mm -hmm. um, so then we saw a vehicle. We were like, okay, if they're attending, you know, online education, maybe there's a way we can get online mental health support to them as well. Well, during the pandemic, um, we saw, you know, increased isolation, increased stress and anxiety and depression in the caregivers that we serve and um, a decrease in the you know respite providers and they weren't being able to come in the home like they were and this was just kind of things were coming to a boiling point with a lot of our caregivers. They were uh, experiencing mental health crises at that point and were seeking emergency respite from us and um, so we were quickly able to pivot, we did we did have dollars available, thank goodness, to offer emergency respite for them to be able to take a break immediately before they got to crisis mode, um, or were in those situations where the care recipient might be um, at risk uh, of abuse or neglect because the caregiver was no longer able to to step, you know, to be that caregiver that they they had been. Um, so we had emergency respite dollars available. We started making phone calls. We made um, almost 900 phone calls to caregivers across the state and just said, hey, we're checking in. How are you? What can we do for you? And uh, while a lot of them just wanted someone to talk to, a lot of them said, I, I really, I need some mental health supports. And so 
what we did was uh, we formed what we call the Caregiver Wellness Initiative. Through grants, uh, we were able to increase those emergency respite dollars, and then we created a database of um, care of, of mental health professionals statewide who are uh, very versed in disabilities and caregiver issues. And uh, we entered into partnerships with them through uh, memorandums of understanding. And uh, we created this database and all of them are either available in person or online and have available slots for mental health counseling. Through those grant funds that we secured, we are able to offer free mental health counseling to any of the caregivers on our program. Initially, it starts with um, three sessions, and then if the caregiver and the mental health provider together decide to eat, you know, that they need more, then we go in three more sessions. We just go and you know take it three bites at a time, basically. Okay. And um, we pay the mental health professional directly Nothing is ever billed to the caregiver's insurance. They never see a bill, they never see a charge. All that comes directly through us. And that's because we have those partnerships in place. That's why we created that database of the um, mental health professionals statewide. If you look at that list and there's, you don't see someone who, you know, you think, you know, could be your mental health provider and you have someone else in mind, can just let us know and then we'll contact the provider of your choice directly and ask them if they'll you know accept direct payment from us and as long as they do then that's fine too we can we can absolutely you know go about it that way and all that we ask we have a, a little survey ahead of time and a little survey after counseling just to you know kind of help us gauge whether this is working or not and um, that, that's all we ever ask of you. That's all you'll ever have to do. And that's completely voluntary. If you don't want to fill out the survey, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine too. Um, but so far we've had a lot of great success with it, with the, with the caregivers who have, um, who have accepted the help, who have gone through counseling. And like I said, when we get those surveys back, they, you know, a lot of them say, this is a blessing. It changed my life. It was able, uh, this enabled me to keep my loved one in the home longer because I was at a breaking point. I thought I was going to have to, um, you know, look for out of home placement for my loved one because I didn't think I could be a good caregiver anymore. So uh, we know that it's a valuable resource and it's making an impact. And uh, we got grant funds from, from that ACL federal grant uh, last year to be able to carry on doing that. But initially, we got grant funds from the Daniel Foundation of Alabama and uh, Venture, Venturi Brighter Day Foundation to be able to get that done quickly. And so to further support that counseling option, if somebody says, you know, I don't need counseling, but I do need a little bit of support, we have online caregiver support groups once a month. And um, Carly Friendsley, who's our project coordinator, she runs those and they do all kinds of fun things. They've had sing-alongs and um, cookie decorating and they play bingo a lot and they have had scavenger hunts and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not real serious. It's not real heavy. Um, it's just something light to take people away from that, that you know, caregiving um, role for, for just a little while, just an hour once a month. 
we have care chats available. So uh, we have licensed social workers who work here in our office. And so if somebody says, you know, I, I don't need a counseling session, but I'd just like to talk to somebody. We have hour where you can block off an hour and call and talk to one of our social workers here and uh, they're lovely and uh, love to just have a chat. You don't have to talk about, you know, you can talk about, you know, what you're watching on Food Network or, you know, it, it doesn't have to be anything, um, you know, gut-wrenching or anything. But if, if that's what you need to talk about, that's okay too. We're just here. Like I said, it's just a care chat. Um, we also sent out gift uh, little care packages during the pandemic just for mental health support. We sent out coloring books and adult coloring books and um, seeds to plant in the garden and, you know, just a lot of things to, um, you know, just give people a little bit of a, just a mental and physical break, just a little happy box. Uh, we've sent cards with Starbucks gift cards in them and uh, we just try to find ways to, to give our caregivers a little hug through this caregiver wellness initiative whenever and however we can. Yep. So um, if you are a caregiver, like I said, enrolled in any one of our programs, then um, then you're eligible to apply for that mental health counseling or uh, take part in our, anyone can take part in our caregiver support groups and care chats and things like that. So, yeah. So that's one of the new things. And another new thing that we're doing is our Care Academy. And like I had mentioned, there is a respite provider shortage. So um, this is one way for us to help address that. Like I said, it existed before the pandemic. Post-pandemic, it's not any better. Um, just like in retail and hospitality, um, respite providers are typically um, not paid well. And right. um, so they're going and, you know, and they're finding other opportunities. And um, so we came up with this as a, you know, just a recruitment and retention um, opportunity for people who maybe are retired, uh, looking for something, you know, to do to help a neighbor, help a friend. But it's eight hours of free respite provider training that you take completely online. And it's through a nationally accredited respite provider um, institution called Care Academy. And uh, it's short video lessons and uh, you can take it um, it starts on the first of each month, then ends on the last day of each month, and you can do it anytime you want, day or night. It's mobile friendly, and you do earn certificates of completion. So at the end, we print the certificates off and send them to you. And um, like I said, again, we're just hoping this is a way to maybe get some more respite providers out into the workforce. Right. So we're excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We also started what we call care um, conversations, and it's caregiver and agency resource exchange, and those are quarterly. And uh, we had seen the need for, um, you know, a lot of times, like I said, we have resources. So a lot of times caregivers will call us and we'll tell them about resources. And they're like, I never knew that existed. So this is a lot of right. what you're doing with Alabama Care. It's just helping get the word out there. So quarterly, we have. Uh, representatives from different agencies just come online, come on Zoom and have a, 
open conversation with the caregivers and they get to ask questions of each other so the agencies learn a little bit and the caregivers learn a little bit and uh, we've had a couple of those so far and it's uh, it's been a nice opportunity for caregivers and agencies to to chat and learn about each other's needs. Had a couple questions on Facebook. Let's see. Um, Leslie Speakman asked, is there an age limit? That was actually one of my questions I had coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we are truly a lifespan agency. So birth into life. So um, we serve any age and any chronic illness or disability that requires full-time care. So, uh, you know, the caregiver applies to our program for respite reimbursement um, and uh, any of the other things that I've mentioned, the education, the care chats, any of that, anyone can, can be a part of. The respite reimbursement is the only thing that requires application. And um, the only caveat is you can't currently be receiving respite specific funding from any other agency. So if you're, you know, um, already receiving respite funds from Alabama Cares or um, Medicaid or ALS or, you know, some, some agencies who offer respite-specific funding, you wouldn't be eligible with us as long as you're currently receiving respite-specific funds from those agencies. But otherwise, um, all we require is a brief application and uh, proof of diagnosis for your loved one. Gotcha. So you actually just answered my next question. I was going to ask what the process to get the resources was. That's it. And our applications are available online at alabamarespite.org, or you can always give us a call and we can email or mail one to you. And um, our respite reimbursement is a quarterly award. That's something else we've been able to offer uh, as a new service just starting in October of last year before it was kind of, um, you know, hit or miss is a good way to describe it, <laughs> you know, because it's grant funded. So as grant funds were available, well, we've secured some extra federal funding. And so now we can guarantee that you will receive a quarterly respite reimbursement award on that timesheet that I mentioned. Um, the amount does vary from quarter to quarter, but you can count on it coming. You'll know, you know exactly the dates that you'll receive it. So we're very excited about that. So people have some consistency and can plan their respite. Okay, so I, I know it has because COVID affected everything, but has COVID affected how these services are being offered? Well, we have certainly had, you know, obstacles and opportunities with COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, yes, it has affected how we offer the education. We have been primarily online only from March, you know, 20 until a couple months ago. A couple months ago, we started back with our on-site education, and uh, a lot of that we do in rural communities. Um, but anywhere statewide, we come to churches, community centers, conferences, businesses. Um, you know, we can do lunch and learns. We can do respite clinics. Um, so 
that's one thing. It did all transition online, but now we're getting back, you know, out into communities. Um, we will still offer online education because, as, as I said earlier, we saw the attendance just really boomed. Um, so we will continue to offer it online as well. Um, the uh, other opportunities, we were uh, able to offer pandemic stipends for PPE, which was something that our caregivers seemed very appreciative of. And, um, you know, a lot of great things were born uh, of the pandemic, fortunately. <laughs> you know, got to find the silver mm -hmm. lining. But um, I don't know that we would have been able to create the Caregiver Wellness Initiative and to have a really good case for um, Care Academy with the respite provider sh shortage um, had we not had a lot of issues brought to light because of the pandemic. So like I said, there were obstacles and there were opportunities, but right. uh, the only way it changed was we have increased what we do and how we do it. Right. And I think the online is easier for some people. Just because they don't have to travel anywhere or any of that. And don't have to find care for their loved one. If they're the only right. caregiver, then, you know, they don't have to try to find a care provider to come in. And sit with exactly. Their loved one. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, too, with the, um, with the mental health counseling, um, if, you know, there are caregivers who choose to do telehealth, you know, instead of in-person counseling, but they don't have a device. We did to get grant funds from pharma to be able to offer them a tablet for free. And if they need training on how to oh, use wow. that tablet, we can do that too. Well, that's yeah. awesome. And there's a robot behind me here. There's a robotic cat. This is Henry behind me. And uh, that's something else. We received some grant funds for uh, robotic pets. So if you're the caregiver of an individual with dementia or Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. uh, then we can offer you one of these robotic pets uh, to to kind of offer some respite. So if your loved one, you know, their attention's on the pet, you may be able to uh, read a book, <laughs> you know, uh, step away and have some alone time if, if their attention's focused on the pet. Those have been a great success. Let's see. Do you have a list of all these services that you offer? We do. If you go to alabamarespite.org uh, on our website, um, you'll see there at the top, um, if you go under about, our mission and services lists everything that we do. But primarily, what, like I said, what we're known for is respite reimbursement or education and resources. So you'll see apply for respite, attend events, and access resources there at the top. And let's see, we have one more question on Facebook so far. Uh, what is the no amount for respite care? Now that's a hard question to answer <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we have so many, all those different funding streams that I talked mm -hmm. about. Um, they're all different, but it prom if you're just talking about universal respite, um, this quarter, let me pull one up and I'll tell you for sure. I think it was, let me look real quick. I said that amount does 
change from quarter to quarter. So we're currently on timesheet three for universal respite only. So this does not affect DMH or Alabama Cares at all. This is universal only. It's $300 this quarter. And then uh, the next quarter starts mid-May. Gotcha. Let's see. Okay, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a caregiver specifically? Find your tribe. That um, is, is really the best advice, you know, um, that we hear from caregivers. A lot of caregivers mm -hmm. tell us, you know, I felt like I was alone on an island. I felt like this was the journey that only I was going through. But once they connected with other caregivers through caregiver education or the monthly support group um, or even just at events in their communities when they realized that they're not going through this caregiving journey alone, um, then, you know, they had a different perspective and they had a different support system. And I think that's so important is to find um, your peers in the caregiving community. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I'd say find your tribe. It's what my mom says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's important no matter what in life. You gotta, you gotta find your Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So do y'all have any events that are... So uh, in April, we still have plenty of caregiver education opportunities this month. Uh, that care chat that I mentioned earlier is uh, this month for the Caregiver and Agency Resource Exchange. Um, it's coming up this month and um, let's see, that one is April 15th. So it's this Friday at 10 a.m. and it is via Zoom. And all of our caregiver education, these opportunities you can register for under attend events at alabamarespite.org. Um, but that's usually, like I said, a really, really good uh, opportunity to learn about some new resources. Um, and for our caregivers in the Baymanette area, Vonda will be at the Baymanette Public Library on April 26th. And uh, her, her education topic is the power of gratitude. And um, I know sometimes it's hard to find um, those opportunities to uh, express gratitude and to be grateful for um, what you have. If you're so deep in that caregiving journey and you don't see a way out, but Vonda offers a lot of um, great tips and advice on um, how to be grateful for, you know, all that we have in our everyday journeys and in our caregiving journeys. So how can they contact you? So you can contact us at alabamarespite.org or you can give us a call here at our office. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And our number is 256-859-8300. 
and um, on our website alabamareset.org there's a list of um, our contact information there under contact you can email us um, just whatever's you know most convenient for you to get in touch with us we're here we are available we're ready to to help in any way we can um okay this is also a new question that i just started asking that i really like so i just kept going with it <laughs> um what would you like to see more of for the disability community in Alabama? Well, I have to say more respite because <laughs> I, I, I really would. I'd love to see um, more respite funding and, and uh, more respite opportunities, but really uh, more awareness of what's out there, like what Alabama Care is doing, and you know what we attempt to do with with the care meetings. Um, like I said. People call us and they're just shocked at the resources that are available. They're like, I wish there was just a one-stop shop for all of these resources. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So I would like to see that maybe, you know, through the state, um, if that were, you know, possible, if that were feasible to have that one-stop shop for all things, um, ability and disability and caregiving related, just in one place. And I know that's all a huge undertaking and a big ask, but uh, I, I think it's something that's needed. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to touch on? Not that I can think of. I, you know, the biggest thing is, um, you know, as a support, a lot of people don't identify as a caregiver. Um, and I would like to encourage you, if you are that full-time unpaid um, family member who is primarily responsible for the care of a loved one with chronic illness or disability, um, find your tribe, reach out for resources, and um, take a break. We, we don't want you to burn out. We, we want <laughs> you to be supportive, and we want you to be a caregiver as, as, just as long as you, you know, you can and you want to be. Um, you know, a big goal of ours is to keep the care recipient in the home as long as possible. That's where people want to be. People want to be at home. Right. So anything we can do or the agencies we work with can do to help you reach that goal, um, then we're here for you. Okay. Um, let's see. Check Facebook. That is actually all of my questions. Yep. Well, thanks for letting me interview you. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. It's nice to meet you. I know we've been talking over like email and stuff, but it's yep. nice to put a face with a name. <laughs> and I've watched you before on Alabama Live, so have you? <laughs> so great job. Thank you so much for providing this resource. You're welcome. All right, have a good day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye, guys.